on today's thrilling episode of There Will Be Crossbows. John checks out the big brain on Brett. James reclaims the word Einstein to mean someone who is not good at math. And both of them try to make an episode of a podcast with the suggestion of brains that does not include too many zombie scenes. Good luck. This and more on today's episode of There Will Be Crossbows, the most brainy podcast anywhere. And the beastly horde approached the castle gates as a ruinous multitude of malice, but the king was prepared. For the blue wizard had warned him. Hello and welcome to another episode of There Will Be Crossbows. My name is James, I'm one of your hosts, and today's theme is brains. Contrary to what you may think, looking at half of civilization, everyone has a brain. Most people just don't choose to use theirs. But you used yours. You used yours by choosing to listen to this podcast. That's why we call you a big brainer. All right, big brainer, you ready for a wild ride? Let's kick things off by giving my friend John a call. Hello, John. James, good to see you. I want to ask you something. I've been waiting all week for this. Do you think I'm dumb? And before you answer, the reason why I ask is I was realizing today that I might be dumb. I was eating breakfast and staring at the back of a Captain Crunch box, and they had one of those word scrambles. They just got a bunch of letters, and you're supposed to find, you know, whatever the, the words are and unscramble them. And I was staring at like the same five letters for, I don't know, 35 minutes. And I could not figure out the word. And that made me realize there's a lot of stuff in my life I can't figure out. I think I might be dumb. Well, just looking at the evidence you presented, if you are eating Cap'n Crunch for breakfast in the morning, then signs point to you might be dumb. That is not a food that anybody should eat, especially anybody over the age of seven. Well, see, when you first mentioned, when you asked if you were dumb, I thought, no, that cannot be true because James is for sure smarter than me. So if he's dumb, that means I'm double dumb. And I don't want to be double dumb. That was going to be my next question because you wouldn't do a podcast with somebody who is a lot dumber than you. I've always thought, you know, we're on the cutting edge of comedy. What if we're on just the, the cutting edge of ignorance and being terrible? That's what most comedy is, is just ignorance and being terrible. If you look at a history of comedians, 99% of it is pretty dumb and terrible. And we'd have to be pretty egotistical to think we were in the top 1% of anything. But if we're really that dumb and terrible, then shouldn't we be just as successful as the guy who does Get Her Done? Or Jeff Foxworthy? Or Dane Cook? Or the guy who has puppets and, 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 and is all grumpy and shit. I mean, shouldn't we be at least that successful if we're really, truly dumb? I would think so, because I've listened to our stuff and I may be biased, but we're way funnier than all those guys. I mean, sure, we're not going to ever be in the upper echelon. We're never going to be Key and Peel. But, you know, we got to be funnier than the puppet guy and Dane Cook, right? Both of those people have millions of fans. 
and millions of dollars. Look, we can't equate success with talent. You know that's not how it works. You're a stage actor. I'm sure you know lots of very good stage actors who are not making as much money as Jennifer Lawrence. Does that mean she's a better actor than they are? In this case, yes, but I'm sure it doesn't always follow that that's the case. No, you make a good point, which makes me think that maybe you're not dumb after all. That's exactly what a slightly dumber person would say. Your problem is you have to ask somebody who's smarter than you because you can't trust the opinion of the dumbers. Um, well, let's see who I got my phone here. I'm gonna send a couple texts. I'm gonna text Dane Cook and I'm gonna text Jordan Peele. And I'm texting both the same question. Are me and John just dumb? Wow, you big city folks all know each other. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we run in the same circles. All right, I sent those texts. We'll see what they say in a bit. One of those came to me. That's impossible. I saw Dane Cook at a bar. At least I think it was Dane Cook. And I asked for his phone number and he wrote this down on a napkin. Uh, I, I just got your text. Did Dane Cook give me a fake phone number? That motherfucker. Uh, he didn't want to be associated with a dummy, probably. This is living proof, too, because he just straight up duped me that we are dumber than Dane Cook. Nope, I, wait, I just got the second text back to myself. Did Jordan Peele give me my own phone number when I met him at that comedy club? How dumb am I that he would give me my own phone number back to me when I asked for his and I would think it was real? That's pretty smart of him, though, to figure out what your phone number was and then have the presence of mind to give it back to you immediately. Right, but again, that one doesn't bother my ego at all. That guy's a fucking genius. He's way smarter than I could ever hope to be. We're going to send this to him so he knows how smart we think he is, right? Yeah, totally. Do you have his phone number by any chance? Uh, yeah, I'll send that to you. Okay, great. Hold on. I just got my own text back. Apparently the number I have for you is my own number. Oh, yeah. About that, John. I just don't get like getting a lot of texts from random dummies. So when you ask for my phone number, uh, I gave you your own. I'm dealing with a Jordan Peele level of intelligence here on the other end of my camera. I guess we've decided that that means you're the Dane Cook. So who's the puppet guy then? By default, I think that's you as well. I'm both. It's official. I am double dumb. Good news, Mom. I got admitted to Mensa. Oh, that's nice, son. You want grilled cheese? I do want a grilled cheese. See, it's that kind of decisive genius that gets somebody put into Mensa. Look, son, I'm, um, I'm not saying I'm skeptical, but I am saying that uh, you generally can't identify which one is a sock and which one is a glove. Why, well, last week I told you to mow the lawn, and I saw you out there with a little pair of scissors trying to cut each blade of grass. It's that kind of creativity that got me into Mensa. There's more than one way to mow a lawn. Hey, Mom. Oh, grilled cheese for lunch? Awesome. Oh, this looks serious. What the hell's happening here? I got into Mensa! Oh, big deal. I got into Mensa like five years ago, but you don't hear me crawling about it. Come to think of it, I think Mensa let me in last February. I was just too busy to, to pay attention. Yeah, Mom. Yeah. Mom took the test because I said, hey, you ought to get into Mensa. This is a pretty cool organization. Pretty nice. Yeah, is Mensa the one that lets in just about 87% of everybody that they uh, they test? Yeah, that's the one. It can't be true. Come on. It's only for people with high IQs. Oh, honey. Well, that's what they tell you. It's all, it's pretty much all marketing. Yeah, honey, you have to pay membership dues, don't you? 
to be in Mensa? How much do they make you pay, huh? It's not that much. Only like $100 a month. Oh, $100 a month. Yeah, that's the, that's the lower tier rate. Yeah, I think I only pay 15 if I if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I mean, Fido only has to pay $25 a month. What the hell? The dog is at Mensa? It's a smart dog. We love you regardless of how smart you are. And it's so cute that you think that Mensa means that you're something special. But uh, how about that grilled cheese, sweetie? Would that cheer you up? Maybe a little bit. All right, well, it's going to be $100. <laughs> This episode of There'll Be Crossbows is brought to you by the Unsolvable Puzzle Cube. Sweetheart, are you coming to bed? I'll be in in just a minute. I have to finish this cube. You've been working on that cube for days. I'm almost there. I can feel it. Sweetheart, they say that that cube is unsolvable. Nothing is unsolvable if you have grit and perseverance and patience. And I have all three! I have all three! That was the last time I saw my husband alive. Do you have what it takes to solve the unsolvable? Are you man enough to take the challenge? If so, I have the cube for you. Available now at Target. Hey guys, it's James here with an Amazon product review. This week, John sent me the Stonehenge Health Dynamic Brain Supplement. It is a blue bottle of pills. There are 60 of them, and uh, they promise memory, focus, clarity, and mental energy. All right. Before I ingest anything that John sends me, I look at the ingredient list, and I was a little put off by the list of about 50 ingredients, including things that sound tasty, such as olive leaf, cinnamon bark extract, and bilberry fruit. I want to eat bilberry fruit. That sounds delicious. But there were some other ingredients which don't sound super tasty, such as hooperzine, choline, and dimethylaminoethanol. In general, I try to limit the amounts of dimethylaminoethanol I have in various things I ingest, but it was a product review for the podcast, so I decided, okay, pop some of these pills. So here's the thing about these pills. Do they work? Can a pill actually make your brain energy go up? Holy shit, yes. But there's a catch. Basically, these pills make you so fucking smart for like... 30 seconds or so after ingesting one, and then immediately you come down off the pill and you get really, really dumb. And the problem is I forgot all the smart things I thought when I was smart, and I just remember being dumb afterwards. So I don't know if the net gain is a positive one. So I'm going to go ahead and take one of these pills while I'm recording so you get an idea of what I'm talking about. Okay, so I'm going to pop one of these. Swig some orange juice. Okay. Should kick in here in a second. They work pretty fast. Oh my god, yep, okay, oh, whoa. Oh my god, so smart. The root of all evil is human desire to draw associative links between beauty and morality. God is a manifestation of the spiritual energy whose existence is both impossible to prove or disprove because it requires a higher level of consciousness than humans are capable of. Love is a human construct, while simultaneously being the name we give to an innate emotion that's necessary to our survival. The reason for societal collapse is, is um, the reason for societal collapse is, um, some, what was I just talking about? Oh shit, there's an M&M over my bed. Fuck yeah. I'm gonna eat this shit. Mmm. Fucking love M&Ms. You know what animal gets a bad rap? Skunks. Because if they didn't smell bad, I bet people would think skunks are super cute. They look like little black and white kittens. Huh. Oh shit, I'm recording right now. Eh, whatever. I'm gonna go watch some Dane Cook on YouTube.
Well, we've done exploratory surgery in your cranium, and I'm sad to say we found nothing. What does that mean? I have no brain? That's precisely what that means. We found a series of air-filled sacs where your brain should be. We're frankly at a loss as to how you're even upright. Well, fuck me. So, uh, I don't know where this leaves us exactly. Uh, you're having pains and we don't know why, except that possibly it's related to your air-filled sacs. Oh, I think that's pretty safe to say. Yeah, a head full of air sacs, that'll do it. I'll tell you where it leaves me. It leaves me with a hefty medical bill and no brain in my goddamn head. I just have to ask, just when I come across a situation in which someone has brain abnormalities like this, I like to know what kind of hobbies does a person like yourself have? Why, it's highly unusual that my surgeon is asking me very personal questions, but um, mostly I uh, sit at home and write Twilight fan fiction. Twilight is, uh, it used to be popular. It was, uh, uh... I'm a surgeon. I've heard of Twilight. Jennifer Lawrence is the greatest actor of her generation. She is. That's probably why she had nothing to do with the Twilight movies. Because she knew better. You were probably thinking about Kristen Stewart, but that's all right. We don't have to talk about it. I'm a surgeon. I lied about the Twilight thing. I don't have time for movies. Well, now that I've caught you in a lie, I'm going to go ahead and assume that everything you've said today is false. And uh, I'm going to assume that I have a regular-sized brain, and I'm going to sue you for malpractice. Therefore, paying my medical bill from today. So it looks like we're all squared up then. Well... I've been outsmarted by a man with air sacs for brains. Really makes you think about your life, doesn't it? You're basically the Dane Cook of surgeons. Living in the Smurf village, it's tough to be brainy. I'm shouting out warnings, no one hears what I'm saying. Vanity Smurf's in charge and sees just his own reflection. And half the generic Smurfs help feed his weird obsession. Jokey Smurf's Instagram has 16 million followers. All his merch is dangerous, he makes millions of dollars. Everything he does is terrible and polluting. I tell them all about climate change and then receive a booting. Smurf this Smurfing place! I Smurfing hate it here. I'm gonna move to Fraggle Rock and find some brainy peers. Greedy Smurf is super rich and says he's a job creator. Says the benefits trickle down to other Smurfs later. Avoids paying taxes and hoards the sweetest food. Has the most comfy clothes, lives in the biggest mushroom. I'm the only one in the village experiencing rage at all the tiny baby Smurfs locked in a cage. They're only concerned about baby Smurfs before the stork arrives. After that, they might as well be baked in Gargamel's pie. Smurf this Smurfing place. I Smurfing hate it here. I'm gonna move in with Phineas and Ferb because they are my peers. Sneezy Smurf got sick and gave everyone else his cold. But nobody seems to give a Smurf. They say it only kills the old. There's a hundred ways we could fight this thing, but everyone's so lazy. Party Smurf is still seen as friends, and I feel like I'm Smurfing crazy. The Smurf police are murdering the Smurfs with dark blue skin. But when I protest peacefully, they smash my Smurfing face in. They say that all Smurfs matter, but only half of them are getting killed. But activist Smurf painted a mural, so color me Smurfing thrilled. Smurf is Smurfing place. I Smurfing hate it here. 
I'm gonna move to Sesame Street and do math with my peers. The Smurfs on top have it made, while the rest of us struggle to exist. When I try suggesting incremental reform, they call me a socialist. Our reputation in the world has plummeted, we've hit a sad new low. The Smurf Village used to be on top, now we're the butt of the joke. At least we have an election coming up, let's hope the Smurfs vote in force. If we send a strong enough message, maybe we can still change this course. The votes are coming in now, time to show them who we can be. The Smurfs have made their votes heard, and it's basically 50-50. Smurf this Smurfing place. I Smurfing hate it here, but I can't move anywhere else because nobody will let us in because our village is so Smurfed up because half our population is so Smurfing stupid. Smurf my life, Smurf the government, Smurf everything. Hiram, we're all very excited about this new invention, but I have to admit, me and the others, we're not quite sure what it does. It looks very impressive and we're excited to sell it, but um, could you fill us in a little bit? Yeah, I made a smaller rock out of this bigger rock. Yes, yes, obviously, we, we all can see that, but, but we're just dying to know. So what does the smaller rock do? It does all the same shit as a big rock, but it does it smaller. So it's just a rock? Oh no, it's not just a rock, it's a smaller rock. It takes up less space while doing all the same rock shit. Isn't a bigger rock better for most of the, as you say, rock shit, such as hitting people over the head? Or, I don't know, weighing down tents? That could be, but like this one's easier to, I don't know, it's easier for, like, a child to choke on. Hiram, last week you discovered a particle generator. This week you present us with a small rock. Well, over the weekend, my particle generator shot a big rock, and then it fell on my head. And I thought, that rock should have been smaller. And so now I invented the smaller rock. Wait a second, Hiram, are you saying... You figured out a way to make the particle generator shoot rocks? That's a major breakthrough, Hiram. That has so many military applications. I thought, wow, what kind of particles would I like to generate? How about rock particles? Boys, he's done it again. Round of applause for Hiram. Welcome to Crossbow University. It's important for you to know that Crossbow University is no longer on the United Nations watch list. Today we have a special guest for all you students out there. This is Dr. Michael Hafarahar, and he has invented a way of keeping brains alive in jars, which he then can communicate with telepathically. Dr. Hafarahar, uh, am I pronouncing that right? No, John, and now I'm highly offended. Okay. Doctor, what inspired this invention? Well, John, as you can see, my own body is withering and dying, but my brain is more alive than ever. So I thought, what if I were to keep my brain alive after my death and someday put it in a new body, one better than ever before? Then I would rule the world. I understand you have quite a few brains already on your shelf. Who are some of the more famous brains that we might know? Yes, well, I had to acquire them when they were very fresh, and I just started collecting this year, so I've got uh, Sean Connery, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Eddie Van Halen, Little Richard, Rebus Philbin, Kobe Bryant, Wilfred Brimley, Jerry Stiller. There was a lot of people who died this year. I've got quite the collection already. 
I even have Jennifer Lawrence's brain, which is particularly impressive because she's not even dead. She was the star of Twilight, you know. There are rumors that you're working on a way to put these living brains into new bodies of some sort. Can you please tell us a little about that? All right. Well, basically what I plan to do is when I've figured out the other side of the technology, putting the brains back in, I am going to put all of my human brains into the bodies of adult silverback gorillas, the most superior creature on Earth. With a human brain and the body of a godlike gorilla, my new gorilla men will rule the world. And finally, Doctor, I'm told that your vision for the way the world will work is quite unique. Tell us a little about that. Humankind is bound to die off within years, decades at most. That's when my gorilla men will rise. We shall rule a new world, Gorillatopia, and I shall be their gorilla king. Yes, it truly shall be a planet of the gorillas. Dr. Hafarahar, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, John, the pleasure was all mine. <laughs> Today's episode of There Will Be Crossbows brought to you by Cow Brain for Kids. Hey kids, it's me, the guy who brought you Cow Heart for Kids back in the day. Well, I know it's been a long time. I've spent the last four weeks in county jail. Apparently, it's not legal to sell Cow Heart for Kids without a license. So I've entirely changed my business model. Now I'm selling Cow Brain for Kids. Did you know a cow's brain actually weighs even more than a heart? And it's kind of football-shaped, so you can throw it around like a ball and open up a whole new range of games that you weren't able to play with Cow Heart for Kids. Look, kids, I'm going to be honest. You want to buy Cow Brain for Kids, and you want to buy it right now because there's a very good chance within 24 hours I will be shut down and brought back to jail. You want your Cow Heart for Kids? Meet me in a back alley tonight. It's got to be tonight. Please bring cash. Please bring cigarettes. Please bring a clean pair of socks, and I will get you Cow Brain for Kids only if you act now before I get arrested again. Here's an Amazon product review for you. James wanted me to check out something called Genius Drops. Genius Drops. Apparently, these are supposed to be real good for making you smarter. It uses ingredients such as Eleuthero root and astragalus root, and wood betoni. All of those things are supposed to help make you into a genius. One dropperful will make you a genius. Then two dropperfuls should make me a super genius, right? All right, so let's just take those. We'll just put those in under my tongue. Just slurp those up there. I can feel a definite something. It's uh, my tongue is tingling. I can feel there's something happening in my heads. I... It's like, uh, it's like I can feel my brain making bigger. I think maybe I'm genius now. I'm feeling all smartings all over. I can think about things and I know that answer and all the doubts that I had are all gone now. So I know the right answer. You can ask me a question and I will know the right answer. If you say, hey, should you say genius drops is a good thing and I'll say yes you can you can take that to the bank and smoke it the genius drops go in your mouth and they affect your brain part and that means that when you are around the other people you will no longer 
be under like troubles and sadness because you'll know that you're a genius and you're smart as anybody out there. I mean, if you go on the street and you think, okay, how many of these people is a genius like, like you are? Uh, probably the answer is nobody because um, nobody has $40 for genius drops from the internet. I mean, I'd never heard of them before, but now I'm a genius and I've heard of them and I've had them in my mouth. If I like you, it's something that I will do is I will come to you and I will stick my dropper in your mouth. And then you can be smart like I'm smart. I think in all of the planet, people should have been genius drops. Thank you, genius drops. I'm going to give you three pockets full of stars. Uh, listen, in order to get into our doctorate program in poetry, uh, we really make sure that you're able to improvise poetry on the spot. So at this phase of the interview, we're going to give you some prompts and you're going to have to make up a poem on the fly. And then we're going to the panel here, us, we're going to kind of instantly give you some feedback on it. And uh, at any point, you can be eliminated from consideration to get into the program. Is that all clear? Absolutely. I'm very comfortable with this. I actually improvise poetry at my church every Sunday after the service. Great. Uh, well, then uh, we'll jump right in and I will be doing the judging along with my partner, uh, Sharon. Hello. PhD Poetry Studies, Vassar 1987. And completing the panel will be Hollywood actor Jennifer Lawrence. Hi. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence, I loved you in Twilight. Thanks. All right, well, let's begin. The theme is swamp. When you're ready. Fucking swamp smells stinky like your mom's dirty ass. You get the fuck out of here before I kick your dirty ass. I'm sorry I rammed ass with ass. I'm very nervous. If you would just give us a moment, we're all just going to take a second to uh, take that in. And then we'll begin our critical response. Huh, all right. It had a lot of passion behind it. Yes, I agree. Highly passionate. He's willing to break form. He rhymed ass with ass. We would have never done that, but uh, it was shocking, really. It was revelatory, I would say. Jennifer? I liked it. I, I, I'm, uh, I liked it a lot. It made me uncomfortable when I listened to it. It made me feel feelings that I was uncomfortable feeling, and that's what art is all about. That's very well put, and the style almost sounded very, um, I'll just say, urban. And I think for our entirely white faculty, that would be a real asset. I feel very comfortable judging things that are from outside my ethnic culture. Well, obviously, we're a collegiate-level creative arts program. That's pretty much all we do. Um, can I just say something? Um, I guess so. Yes, Jennifer Lawrence. I just wondered, like, why am I here? Like, I don't teach at this faculty. I'm not particularly known for my poetry skills, so, like, why was I asked to be part of this panel? Uh, well, it's actually embarrassing. We actually thought we were asking Kristen Stewart, who has a background in poetry, to be here, and we mixed the two of you up. Okay, I got you. Well, I'm going to go ahead and safely say um, we don't need to give you any further prompts. You're accepted. Um, welcome to Harvard's poetry program. Oh, Kalu Kalei. I'm so happy. 
All right, time to give our brains a rest and wind down today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please tell a friend. And if you want to chat with us, come by the Crossbow Club on Facebook, where we post all sorts of bonus content and have fun discussions. Make sure to join us next week when we have booked two celebrities, Dane Cook and one of either Jennifer Lawrence or Kristen Stewart. We're trying to clear that up now, but we're excited either way. All right, see you next time on There Will Be Crossbows.